Hello and welcome to the Marvelous Women Podcast. I'm one of your co-host, Henry. I am your other co-host, Matthew. And today we're talking about just all the news that happened over the weekend. <laughs> um, well, I guess Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it was Thursday. Um, we're doing this slightly differently. We're recording on a Friday. Yeah, a bit weird. I've just mm-hmm. watched The Mandalorian and you haven't. I haven't. I watch it on an evening. So I have knowledge that you don't. <laughs> wow, you're an advantage. Everyone, you're the real power player. Everyone dies. Everyone comes back and everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but today we're doing the essentially the Disney investors meeting announcement things alongside, you know, Marvel and Star Wars. Um, we might touch on the whole HBO streaming thing and controversy and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we also have an Instagram account at, at Marvelous Cinema Podcast where we are doing a, we're just doing random reviews, but at the same time we're doing, um, at the moment at least, we're doing DC in review. So all the way from Superman 1978 until I think it's Birds of Prey. That's the last one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, I think it's Wonder Woman. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so we're doing that alongside just random reviews. So we're doing daily reviews, essentially, and weekly podcasts. Um, and we have a Twitter account as well, at Cinema Marvelous. We're doing the same thing over there, just general you know, reviews plus DC reviews at the moment and a weekly podcast. So yeah, but today we're doing just the crazy stuff that happened in <laughs> the announcements. Absolute madness. Yeah, so you take it away with what your general feeling was in the whole thing. <laughs> Well, I was quite overwhelmed, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect us to get as much as we did. I thought maybe we'd get one or two Star Wars shows announced, and maybe, if we were very lucky, a little sneak peek of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Instead, we got so much more. Yeah. Um, I think we should just go through all of it, you know, like, as it went. So, like... Okay. I guess we started out with the Star Wars news, and then... I've, I've got a, a list of all the stuff that was announced. Do you want me to like go through it, and then we'll talk about? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. So we have. Um, do you want me to go through it? By the way, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so we have an Ahsoka show. Yes, we do. A limited series, set mm-hmm. during a timeline of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, executive produced by Filoni and Favreau, mm-hmm. written by Fa- uh, Filoni. Right. We then get Rangers of the New Republic, probably the Cara Dune show. We're thinking that, but you never know with that actress and her recent. No, who knows? That too is exec produced by Filoni and Favreau and Kennedy as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's going to be so annoyed. <laughs> uh, we have the Cassian Andor show, mm-hmm. which we were, we're told 2022 release date. Yeah. Um, seems big scale. Um, run by Tony Gilroy and co directed by. Now, it said on their website, it said Brit Toby Haynes. Now, I don't know if Brit's his first name or if they were just saying Brit is in. He's British. Yeah. Just making sure everyone knows <laughs> we've got a British guy. <laughs> Um, we have the Bad Batch, which we also got a trailer for. Mm-hmm. There's the Kenobi series. Yeah. 
which came with 10 years after Evangel the Sith and the Hayden Christensen announcement. Uh-huh. Um, we then got Visions, mm-hmm. which is described by Lucasfilm as, I quote, original series of animated shorts celebrates the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators coming in 2021 to Disney+. Plus. That's just a cool, you know, statement, isn't it? <laughs> it is. What a, what a statement to be able to give out. Yeah. Um, Watiti film, mm-hmm. Lando show, a droid story which centres on R2 and C-3PO, introducing yeah. a new droid hero. Um, Patty Jenkins Rhodes Rogue Squadron. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, no, no, no one even had a whiff about that one. Yep. Um, Christmas twenty. 23 mm-hmm. um the acolyte yeah this is the good one for me <laughs> in the aftermath it is believed that this is the leslie headland show yeah i think so yeah um set in the final days of the high republic era uh, and that is all i've written down i think that's them all yeah i think yeah i think that's it for uh, all the major things announced um yeah, I mean, it was crazy because, you know, it was a Thursday night. I was expecting maybe, like, a confirmation of maybe a movie or two, but nothing, like, you know, I didn't expect this. <laughs> um, Ironically, the things we were, people were expecting was the announcement of a Boba Fett show and a Rebel sequel, mm-hmm. which, <laughs> neither of which actually happened. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, my biggest disappointment from the, all this was, the one thing that I definitely wanted was the Ryan Johnson trilogy confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the moment, we'll just... I deeply want it to happen, but at the same time, we'll see, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I have just realised with with the Patty Jenkins one, that's Christmas 23. Right. Which means the Star Wars films that had been announced on a slate those first three weeks, the next three we're getting probably won't be the Johnson trilogy. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I mean, for me, I think the highlight of this, alongside, for me, the Acolyte, um, was the Patty Jenkins announcement. Because, sure, a, a new Star Wars movie that is about the Rogue Squadron, whatever that means, really, um, a really cool idea. But then, like, having Paddy Jenkins come out and give that, like, kind of a weird video, but really cool at the end. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. In which, like, she's kind of like, giving kind of, like, a deep personal history of her family. Um, yeah, it was. It was really touching, actually. It was sort yeah, of about her dad being a fighter pilot. I was fully expe- expecting, like, a random documentary on fighter pilots <laughs> made by Paddy Jenkins. I was like, that's cool, but okay. Um and then she just, you know, walks into an X-Wing <laughs> um, out of nowhere, which was, you know, it was crazy. And I think as long as Disney, or for whatever reason they keep doing this, but as long as they don't fire her midway through, uh, I'm all in, you know. Mm. Um, and I just, I hope they've learned a lesson with Star Wars and the fact that just do what you want and don't, you know, cut and run halfway through. Um, if you're going to do something, just commit to it. Yeah. Because, I mean... As much as I enjoy Solo and to a certain extent like Rogue One, I mean, just let them do what they want to do from the get-go, you know? Um, but, yeah, 
I just I'm very excited for the pipe because I think that's my most anticipated thing from this um, Star Wars news. Mm, uh, yeah, I think I think it's definitely the most surprising we got. Yeah, definitely. The rest of the stuff sort of expected, or at least we were we were already pointing in the right direction for. I mean, mm-hmm. the acolyte was one that really surprised me, but we were told we might be getting something from the High Republic era. Yeah. I, um, Although this does seem to be live action, which is very interesting. Is it? Oh, okay. So I think I'm, it is. I'm not sure. I'm, I am all in for the um, the idea of the High Republic in general, you know? Because it's this weird sort of like pocket universe, I think, for Disney, where they can just go, let's just do a show or movie that has nothing to do with pre-established, you know, like Skywalkers and whatever. Because... Um, it's set way before any of that happened. Um, so it's just like an interesting kind of thing of like, just do what you want, <laughs> you know? And um, it, also, it also seems to be focused purely on the dark side. Yeah, apparently. It's something we've never really had. We've never actually had... I want to say... Obviously, we don't know because we don't know much about it, but it seems to be like the characters we're going to follow are going to be from the dark side. Yeah, it would seem that way. And I think the best part... The best part, but like an interesting part, was the logo is like a, it's kind of like torn in half by a lightsaber, like it's burnt in half, mm-hmm. um, which to me just instantly implies like a very Jedi or Sith or whatever you want to call them at this point in the, in this time period, um, is going to be a very heavy show to do with actual, like Jedi and stuff like that, um, which is interesting because I feel like, out of all these shows, I don't really see that many shows being you know, grand, big, mythical kind of, um, uh, like, you know, Jedi versus Sith stories. Um, they all seem kind of more about fighter pilots or the Rebellion or whatever. And they all, they all seem interesting, but this one's like one of, the, one of the very few here that feels like maximum Star Wars, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, about the, the two Mandalorian spin-offs, mm-hmm. how do you feel about them? Um... I, I mean, I'm excited for Ahsoka, which, you know, leaps off from whenever, whatever she's doing in Mandalorian. We don't really know what she's doing in the Mandalorian. I have to admit, though, that knowing that they are definitely doing a series for these characters, it kind of, and it's not making me, it's not, gonna, it's not making me enjoy it less, but looking back at the Mandalorian season two uh, so far, it's kind of making me go, oh, this was kind of some setup for different shows, and you were kind of using this show to do it. Um... That doesn't mean that I don't think they did it really well. But I'm just thinking like, oh, this was definitely just kind of like a test area for like what works and what doesn't work about live action Ahsoka. Or can we do uh, a Rangers of the New Republic sort of thing? Um, so it kind of makes it feel a bit more kind of they were just testing it out in the second season and not just doing it for the story. But again, I don't think it, I do think they did it well anyway. But um, yeah, I'm excited for these Mandalorian spin-offs uh, a lot, surprisingly. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, with, with, it does seem to be helmed by the same team, with Favreau and Filoni and Kennedy involved. Yeah. And um, they also said that Mando Season 3, they expect to premiere next Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, they also expect one of the spin-offs to also premiere next Christmas. Oh, really? So, like, at the same time? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. 
I, th- I at least that's the way I interpreted it. I think it's maybe more likely that it will be the Ahsoka show. That's true. Yeah. Um, and also the big news to come out of this is that Kathleen Kennedy said that these two and Mando will culminate in a climactic story event. Mm, yeah. Which, as as I was nerdily going on about last night, mm. this drawn. Oh, it. There's no way that it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, if if not, I do think we are setting up um, some sort of battle for Mandalore. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, uh, and also, it's it seems to me that it'll be fairly soon. I mean, when I say soon, I'm thinking it'll probably be two, three years. Mm-hmm. But if we're thinking about how long the big events for Marvel took, mm-hmm. that's relatively short, because they said Ahsoka's show is a limited series. Mm. Um, limited series, because it still could be two seasons, but they have, they have, there are limited series that do do multiple seasons. Yeah. But if it's one season in limited... It could be very soon, like we could be building to this mm. fairly imminently. Yeah, I think you like really nailed it when you said a while ago that Thrawn could really quite easily be the Thanos level kind of threat of the Star Wars TV universe, at least. Um, and I do think he's, I do think for the most part, at least this, this, <clears throat> this um, between Revenge of the Sith and between A New Hope era, I do think he's going to be quite the major element to that um and and i just think yeah i think i I think the big thing about these tv shows is overall i think they'll end up being more connected than we think they're going to be i don't think that they're going to be i think they'll have their own stories but i definitely think at some point there will be sort of a oh and you know this character and we'll all go is that character from rangers in the new republic and then they come together and then they kind of the quest line com- becomes you know defeat Thrawn and his new plan or get Ezra or whatever it is because mm. um, he could also I think it's highly likely we could maybe see characters like Cobb Vance come into the Rangers one yeah we could do because you know you, you saw we've seen in Mandalorian season 2 Kara gets recruited as uh, a Ranger I'm guessing oh it's Mar- a Marshal I think it's a Marshal or something like that yeah um, and obviously, if you're looking for another character to fill one of those martial roles, Cobb Van probably the obvious pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the interconnectivity is, I mean, set it up really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they they have focused on Mandalorian a lot, and they have built up that story. Like they didn't, they haven't necessarily been setting these several TV shows up in the first season. Mm-hmm. It was very much this is. Mandalorian show and we're going to flesh him out first Yeah, um, and I do like the idea that they are building the idea that period between six and episode 6 and 7 where this new republic is struggling to create a sense of order yeah I I really like the idea that as much as I do enjoy the psychotology quite a lot um, I do like the idea that I always thought the one thing the psychotology didn't do from the get go that could really have helped the audience kind of not feel i guess kind of like a, it was a reset button kind of thing is if we had some sort of context of like how it came back like we kind of just have to accept that the first order did what did this happen and all these bad things happened off screen um 
So mm. I do think having this new Republic idea and everyone being in disarray and it turns out everything wasn't just immediately great from the get-go after Return of the Jedi, which again I think is a great idea for the series. I do think it makes things more complex and more, I guess more, I don't want to say realistic, but I want to say more, just a bit more kind of, I guess it's less simple. Um, and I do enjoy it being that the idea that conflict never ends, but mm-hmm. you know, there are still bright spots that are worth doing it all for um, compared to the idea of the happy ever after. Um, and yeah, I just like the idea of New Republic being a thing in Star Wars now that we can actually kind of get involved in and maybe mm. even maybe even in a different show where you actually see the politics happen in like kind of like a prequel kind of thing of like actually seeing the politics happen um, compared to what we're seeing in The Mandalorian, which is very much kind of just mentioning in it. Um, but yeah, and yeah, I'm just excited for all the new eras, I guess. The High Republic and in between, you know, the six and seven and in between three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want more eras being explored. <laughs> yeah. Looking at this whole Star Wars slate, one thing that strikes me is that they seem to be playing this really smartly. Mm-hmm. In that they haven't just spammed what they think is popular. Yeah. Which, you know, is is a possibility for a studio in this position. They just want to ram out as much as possible and hope that that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they do seem there. There seems to be reason behind all of these shows existing. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's not like before where we had, oh, we're doing a solo spin-off because people like solo, right? Mm-hmm. That did feel like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas this feels, yeah, we're doing it because there is something there. There's a story to tell. Mm-hmm. The only one that maybe doesn't align with that is perhaps the Cassian one. Yeah. But from what they did show, I am quite interested in it. I think I th- it looks perhaps one of the grittiest Star Wars things we've been given. I hope it does what I wanted Rogue One to do. Yeah. Um, so for me, my favourite parts of Rogue One are, yes, the last like half an hour and so many elements near the beginning where we kind of see like the dark darker side to the actual rebellion. It's less kind of we're fighting for hope and unity and peace. And it's more like, yeah, but what does that cost? You know, like Cassian had to kill someone, like an innocent bystander, just to get the job done um, in the beginning in the beginning of uh, Rogue One. Mm. Um, and it's an interesting idea that I just don't, for me at least, I don't think the film ever got that deep into it. It just kind of hinted towards it. Um, but I would love a show that kind of, Maybe we see, you know, Cassian actually being inducted into the rebellion, um, and kind of see him kind of in some ways get brainwashed a bit by the whole thing, because that's the way he kind of comes off in Rogue One, kind of like mm. a brainwashed shoulder, and it is the Jin character that kind of wakes him up. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing. I mean, it's Star Wars. I'm always going to be seeing it <laughs> and interested, um, but yeah. It's. I'm excited for all of it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, we got a bad batch as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah. A trailer. Um, I th- I thought it was a pretty great trailer. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, it reminded me of the Clone Wars trailer for the new season. Mm. Yeah, it's, it did. A lot of, it's like a lot of just you know images that we know are going to mean something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say a few things I noted from the trailer, and I know that other people have noted. Um. It looks like there's a Sarlacc bit in the trailer. 
Oh, is there? Yeah, there's, like, there's one bit where there are tentacles are trying to grab one of the members. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like there's the training arena from one, I think it's the season three or season two arc in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, they look, there looks to be like early, early versions of Dark Troopers. Oh, I think, yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah. Um, and perhaps the most interesting thing, Fennec Shand. Yeah, we're bringing her back again and again. <laughs> and that's, to me, that's, that's really interesting as well to have this character that we have introduced in Mandalorian. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it looks like she could play a part in this series as well. Yeah. You know, Filoni tying it all together. As he does. <laughs> as uh, he likes. However, <laughs> uh, the thing that stands out most about this for me is that we're, I feel like we're actually going to see the start of the Empire. Yeah. It's, it's something it... we've come close to a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the closest we've come so far is probably uh, the video game Fallen Order. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, this does seem that we are going to literally watch the Empire begin. I, yeah, and it I mean, we see in the trailer um, the actual moment where Palpatine says something like the first galactic empire is to be restored or something like that, um, which is a scene from episode three, which implies that this is going to be, you know, literally episode three has just happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What is going to, you know, get the ball rolling on what literally happened next. (laughs) Um, But yeah, again, it's, I mean, the thing is, I think like, I've heard this around Twitter quite a lot, and I do kind of agree with it. Where, and it is quite similar with Marvel as well, where I think we're so spoiled now for like just a lot of things. Like, at some point, it's not unreasonable to imagine a Moon Knight series or a Miss Marvel series or you know a Bad Batch series or whatever. And it's kind of like, I am excited for it, and don't get me wrong, I'll watch it day one and I will review it, and I will probably say as I have my, I'll give like an actual critical eye to it and all that, but. There is sort of an element of like, especially when we got it all at once yesterday, it was kind of like, oh, I this is all cool, <laughs> you know, and you couldn't really like let it sink in and have that sort of, because like 13-year-old Henry, um, or even like 20-year-old Henry, but in 2013, if you told him that, you know, we're getting a circus show and we're getting a High Republic and, you know, Moon Knight TV show, I'd be, I would go crazy, but... We get so much new Marvel movies and Star Wars movies now that it's kind of like, well, yeah, I was expecting something like this to happen at some point. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's just a weird thing I kind of noticed, like in my reaction. Really, um, I, I was actually, I was really surprised by all this. I no, I was surprised, but it was like, I guess it's more of Marvel, I guess, but it kind of is like a thing where, well, you do so many things and you're announcing so many things and you always have done that really that. I just always in my back of my mind go, eventually we'll do that thing that I really want. And it's less kind of like, oh my God, they're doing that thing that I want. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think I get that. Yeah. Just like, we expect now to be fed well <laughs> by Marvel and Star Wars <laughs> uh, compared to, you know, two decades worth of nothing. Just comic, book, comic books, maybe. Um, but yeah, and I do feel like a criticism that I've, had, I've heard as well is that people are missing already that like, Star Wars used to be a thing that came out once every two years or one year even. And it was kind of like a special moment of the year. And to, I totally agree with that in some ways. Like, it does make it less special. I can't deny it. It does kind of like, if I'm watching the Bad Bats and then Bad Bats, it finishes and then I immediately start watching Ashoka on a, on a Disney Plus. 
it's kind of like, well, when it, give me a break <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am excited for all of it, and I will definitely, you know, I'm, you know, I'm there day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the oversaturation side of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like, I feel like they've they've better maintained that now by having it be Star Wars shows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think this, to some degree, is helping preserve the Star Wars movie specialness. Yes, I, yeah. Like they've announced all these projects, but only two of them are films. Yeah, I think there's a certain element to me that has, even though I do love TV shows, and I think the idea of having TV, Marvel, and Star Wars is great. Mm-hmm. There is like a a movie, you know, is like a different kind of event to you in your mind, at least compared to a TV show. Um, and yeah, I do think that, yeah, I do think they're still making it a bit more special by having, yeah, you're getting Falcon Winter Soldier, but like it's a TV show, not a movie where the world is ending, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty. I think it's something we're going to talk about when we get on to Marvel, but yeah, the aspect of the fact that we're going to get a load of stories about characters that aren't world ending events mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Um, stuff for the rest of Star Wars, we have the Kenobi series. Very excited. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah. Um, one of the comments seemed to indicate that Jeb Deborah Chow is involved. Yeah, which I'm all about. I love that director a lot. <laughs> yeah, she did some great work on The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden Christensen's back. How do we feel about that? It's so interesting, right? <laughs> because... It's just, I know the Twitter, you know, and Instagram, whatever, they exploded and were so hyped and so people were crying and all that. And I was very excited about it as well. And it occurred to me, like, it is, it's totally true about, to a certain extent, nostalgia. And the fact that if you ask 2002 Star Wars fans or whatever about Hayden Christensen, they will tell you that they hate him, that he's ruined Star Wars, <laughs> that I don't like Sans, one of the worst lines written in the cinema. Um... And it's all this sort of hyper, hyper, hyperbolic sort of things, and he's a lot of hatred and meanness. But just give it like 10 years, and they'll come around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to the point where they're crying at him returning. Um, yeah. That's it's incredible. like, um, even though people, like, when, when people like us, we say, oh, in 10, 15 years, people will love the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And all the sequel trilogy haters are all like, oh, no, we'll always hate it. Everyone will always hate it. But you won't. You know, you won't, no. It's one of those things. Yeah, in 10, 15 years, the same thing is going to happen. Because the thing is, they'll say, I bet it's one of those things where they'll say, um, well, the sequel sequel trilogy is different because the problems aren't that it was a boring movie. It was the fact that it was unplanned and therefore the story makes no sense. But then, like, it's one of those things where every decade when a new one comes out, the new big problem is whatever problem you had with that new movie. So, like, if the problem with the prequels was it wasn't planned out very well, that would be the big problem for ages, and it had no creative head. Um, but if the prequels were made now, the big new problem that's much worse than the sequel trilogy problem of no no plan would be too much of a plan from George Lucas and no one else. <laughs> and <laughs> that it's not as good as we all wanted it to be, and too much politics and too boring. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like, 20 years ago, the problem was Star Wars didn't feel like Star Wars. And now the big problem is Star Wars is too much like Star Wars. (laughs) 
it's not going to end <laughs> the whole argument of what's worse. And it's always going to be the newest thing. That's the worst thing. Um, mm-hmm. Which is annoying, but, you know, just don't be that guy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like, it's one of, the, one of the contradictions where people like, some of the sequel criticism is that simultaneously the sequels manage to overuse the old characters while also not using them enough. Yep. Yeah, that whole time. It's always, Luke Skywalker shouldn't have done this, but I want I wanted more of them. And at the same time, they say, but I don't want nostalgia and I don't want character fan service. Um, yeah, it's it's all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, so all that stemming from Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some lovely comments from you, McGregor, and Hayden Christensen online, though. Oh, heartwarming comments, yeah. No, they're just like, oh, I can't, can't, wait, can't wait to see him again. Yeah, and it's just like... That's and just also, so nice. And also, Kathleen Kennedy said something really interesting, which was, it's going to be the rematch for the ages, something like that. And it implies that they're going to fight again, or meet again, at least. Which, therefore, to a certain extent, kind of retcons A New Hope. Um, yeah, it does. Because we've always assumed in A New Hope, when they say to each other, Last time we I met you, you were the master and I'm the apprentice, and I haven't felt this presence since. And he walks off. We always assume friends of the Sith, um, but this could change that, and it could be like an in between sort of thing where they met on Tatooine, Tatooine, um, which is interesting because mm-hmm. like that's pretty a pretty fundamental thing to change forty years later. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I was thinking that maybe it could be because we know everyone's doing a bit of meditating. Mm-hmm. Maybe I I thought it could be something like they find each other in a vision. Yeah, that's or some possible. sort of false realm, and that that could also be like a way of having Hayden Christensen there because in the false vision they don't have bodies, so mm-hmm. you wouldn't be in the suit. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's interesting hearing Hayden Hayden Christensen's coming back, but at the same time he's in the Darth Vader suit with the James L voice. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> what does that it mean? It doesn't then? make much sense, does it? Not really, yeah. Maybe we're going to get flashbacks. Maybe we are. Yeah. I'd love a flashback. I'd love like a Clone Wars flashback. May- oh, maybe we could, we could actually see them be friends in live action. <laughs> like, be actual friend friends, you know? Oh, my yeah, God. Could. That would be great. <laughs> it's, just, it's just good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The other Star Wars thing, Lando show. Yeah. How are we feeling? Um, again, this is. I think this is one of the few ones that I'm. I'm not particularly jazzed about. You know, I'm not really thinking about it very much. I like the logo design. <laughs> um, I like the idea that I've heard about of um, Billy Dee Williams coming back to do like a narration, or he's, tell, he's telling. Janna from Rise of Skywalker about his past and we get flashbacks that are Donald Glover doing Landor stuff mm. um, oh that would be that would be so good to just have the voiceover of him mm-hmm. soon and saying stuff like so back in the day mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I mean that's I think, himself up. yeah and yeah you could like we could also get like a um a kind of a kind of like a wacky thing where like sometimes you can't trust what he's saying so like he'll just say that Lando I mean he'll say I did this and then we'll see him do something crazy heroic 
and then someone else that is from his past will say that's not at all what happened and we'll see the actual version of it like we could get some sort of narrative kind of confusion <laughs> out of the show which would be interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah to see this play out as maybe a sequel to solo yeah i would love to see them bring back alden Ehrenike because i feel yeah, like that's, that's what i was going to ask do you think he would come back i think he would because I think he's all for it, that guy. And I think he's just... He is not the problem with that movie at all, to me. Um, oh, no, definitely not. He is giving it his best. He is making it his own, which I prefer to an actual intimidate, like a imitation compared to like getting someone in that just does a really good House of Four impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he... Yeah, I think he could easily come back, that character and that actor. And I would love to see... A soul or two, but essentially on TV, you know. Um, yeah, I feel com- like it would be the best place to explore that kind of period. Compared to you know the movie, which I do enjoy, I have to say I do like I do. I personally I like it more than Rogue One a bit. But having a movie be so, you know, big and bombastic and kind of at, at the same time telling you how Han Solo got his name, how he got the jacket, how he got the gun, how he met Chewie. It's kind of like, well, this is fun but at the same time you're just telling me things are that have happened yeah you know, it's like, like going through a checklist yeah it felt like that for the most part and i think a tv show with its own narrative and its own history and its own narrator could be way more interesting than it could be an actual adventures of this character instead of an explanation of this character if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah yeah so i'm, I'm excited but not yeah i hyped up my mind <laughs> um yeah I think that's it. Is, have we spoken about the Waititi film? Uh, not really. There isn't really much to say other than it's apparently going to be game changing. Have you seen the yeah? Have you seen the logo treatment? Um, it's the sort of the. It looks a bit like the like a blue Monty Python thing. Yeah, yeah, it has like a weird cartoony thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's very Takawiti already with that with that logo. Um, I, I I just want to see him do like a wacky comedy. <laughs> oh yeah. And again, don't fire him halfway through. <laughs> mm. Don't. Yeah, yeah, please don't. Yeah. Um, it's gonna make it. It's gonna make him. Uh, it's gonna make it awkward when he has to go into the Disney offices to speak to Marvel. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, that'd be so weird. Uh, but yeah, I just hope that. I hope that this this movie, whatever it is, is Watiti doing what he loves to do, but in Star Wars. Um, which you know, it's. Mm-hmm. I feel like Star Wars could actually bring him back to his roots a bit more because i think with the episode and the behind the scenes thing that we saw of him with the mandalorian he took took it like more seriously if that makes sense Mm. (laughs) um than maybe marvel because like he was saying things that like yes it's comedic and wacky and weird but at the same time there's real heart to it and there's real consequences to it and there's real politics to it as well there's actual like you know war like parallels in the real world like vietnam and he kind of he kind of seemed to treat it a bit more seriously. And I think it's going to be interesting seeing seeing him do his usual kind of George or Rabbit sort of thing of combining youth and you know terrible things like war. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> should we move on to Marvel? Yeah, because Marvel does a lot of things. <laughs> do you want to uh, list them like I did before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have new WandaVision trailer. 
mm-hmm. with the release date of Jan 15th, which we already knew. Mm-hmm. New Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer with a March 19th release date. Uh, Loki footage, mm-hmm. release date of May 21. As in May 2021, not May 21st, because yeah. it just said May. <laughs> um, first look at What If. Mm-hmm. Summer 2021 release date. Uh, Mrs. Marvel, sort of some footage. Yeah, like a... Also like a not footage. Behind the scenes sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but as a release date of late 2021. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. We had, yeah, it was renounced. Larson's back, directed by Nia DaCosta. Mm-hmm. Iman Valani, who is Captain Marvel, uh, Mrs. Marvel even. Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau from WandaVision. We were also mm-hmm. given November 11th, 2022 release date for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkeye details as well. We also have the images for the last few weeks. Yeah, and last set photos. <laughs> which, which we'll talk about. Um, She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Tatiana Masla- Mas- Maslani confirmed, mm-hmm. despite the fact I'm pretty sure she said the other day that she wasn't. Um, Tim Roth returning. <laughs> yeah, interesting. As the abomination. Mm-hmm. We had the writer announced for that as well. We were given the Moonlight Moonlight logo again, but we weren't actually given anything to do with it. Yeah, I want more to. I want. I need to know more about that. Sure. <laughs> mm. I was expecting maybe they announced Oscar Isaac. Mm. If he is indeed doing it. Yeah. Because uh, he's also doing um, Solid Snake, isn't he? For, um... He is, yeah. Where, Very... Where's that at? Is that Universal? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that is, but yeah, he's doing that. Um, Secret Invasion with Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. Iron Heart, which is one that's come out of nowhere. Yeah, that came out uh, of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Dominique Thorne. Has been from she was in If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm-hmm. She's been cast as Riri Williams. It's been described on the Instagram post as an original series about the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So Iron Man too, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, armor Wars with Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. I'm very interested mm-hmm. in that. Weird title. <laughs> mm, it, yeah, it is. Very weird. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas Special, <laughs> 2022 yeah. release. Mm-hmm. Um, gone to write and direct. I am Groot, a series of uh, thoughts mm-hmm. about baby Groot. Christian Bale announced as Gore the God Butcher for Thor: Love and Thunder. What a good name! I know what a name, a strong name. Yeah. If if, if you want to be out out in outer space, you want to be out there. <laughs> Gold yeah. God Butcher, it's yeah, strong. Like that's a, I mean, God Butcher. I mean, who who made up? Oh God, it's good. <laughs> yeah, a lot better than Taserface. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, Ant Man, Quantumania. Mm, Your yeah. favorite director returns. Peyton Reed, my favorite director of all time. Um, I love him. <laughs> interestingly. They've recast Cassie. Yeah, I've heard that. What do we know why? I don't know. It's not the actress that appeared in Endgame. They've cast Catherine Newton. 
mm-hmm. who has been, she's a bit of a rising star at the moment. She's in that horror film with Vince Vaughn at the moment. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Freaky. Freaky, that's it. Yeah. She's the lead in that. She was also in Detective Pikachu. She's the blonde journalist. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she's in Big Little Lies. She's Reese Witherspoon's character's daughter in that. Mm. Um, and confirmed that Jonathan Majors is Kang the Conqueror. All right, okay. Uh, and finally for Marvel, Fantastic Four, directed by John Watts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do you yeah. want to start with these? Um, I guess we can start with uh, John Watts. <laughs> John Watts, all right. Yeah, because, okay, so uh, Fantastic Four... I'm very, very excited about it because, you know, it's Marvel finally doing, hopefully, justice to these characters. Um, but then I, John Watts, I'm just a bit iffy on as a director for it. Mm. Um, do you feel the same way at all? <laughs> Personally, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I think Peyton Reed should stick to Rob Mum. So, yeah, same. <laughs> um, I like John Watts because I, I like... That he he does have a bit of a style to him. You might yeah. dis- you might disagree, and I completely understand that. Mm. But to me, I like the kind of comedy he has. He has quite a sweet natured comedy to him, mm-hmm. which might just be the fact that he's working with a bunch of kids for the Spider-Man films. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but he does have that quite sweet comedy nature to him, as well mm. as I said to you. It would be perfect for maybe a leading male actor who happened to be in, I don't know, a comedy show like The Office, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, hell, maybe, maybe maybe he could bring his wife, even. Yeah. It's just simple, isn't it? You know, you got a wife, bring her along. <laughs> uh-huh. Who happens to be, you know, one of the best British actresses. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean... maybe you should consider it. I mean, it's right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, something very interesting. I thought this could be me picking at nothing. Mm-hmm. But if he's directing Fantastic Four, we've not had like an MCU director who has managed different franchises or different branches of the MCU at the same time. Oh, which yeah. would therefore indicate that he wouldn't be doing any Spider-Man films after Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Which implies a whole shift in tone, at least. Mm. Um, it, and... could, it could imply one of two things. Mm-hmm. Two obvious things that I've been thinking about. One is that Spider-Man could leave the MCU. Oh, maybe, actually. Yeah, they could point. use Multiverse or some other film, like a team-up film, to ease him out. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, the one that I prefer and the one that I know you prefer is that they hand Spider-Man off to another director. <laughs> Perhaps another director who we know is already attached to an MCU project. Mm-hmm, maybe. By which, of course, I mean Sam Raimi. Oh my god. I would cry with so much joy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I love Tobey Maguire. I love that universe. The Raimi Spider-Man-verse. It's very much... You know, it's own thing. But the thing is, I don't. I just want Raimi to be coming back doing his comic, comic book movies, you know? <laughs> and we got Doctor Strange. I'm very excited about that, even though we didn't really hear anything about it. But um, 
But, you know, the idea of Raimi doing an actual Spider-Man movie, in fact, not only Spider-Man movie, an actual movie that might be called Spider-Man 4, is <laughs> insane. Because, obviously, you know, Spider-Man 3 happened in 2007. Um, he tried to make Spider-Man 4 for years and years, and it was always kind of a... Because Sam Raimi would be the first person to say that he hated the third movie a lot. And he wanted the, the fourth one to be like the best one ever made, and that no one could ever beat the fourth film in the franchise for him. Like he's gonna do the best of the best, and he couldn't do that in time as like in 2011 released it, I think. Um, mm. So he left. He left the project. He thought I'd, I'd rather not make a film than make a bad film because it was a time window I had to do it in, you know. Um, and yeah, and then having him potentially coming back a decade later, like a bit more than a decade later, and having him do a movie and it be Spider-Man 4 and he's actually directing it and he's writing it, like, that's the best thing in the world, you know? <laughs> that's justice. It would, it would be incredible. Yeah, that's the dream come oh. true. <laughs> that's it. That's what I wanted to say. It's yeah. a dream come true. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? Um, I'm kind of interested in Miss Marvel. Okay. Uh, I think it's because and it's a weird comment to make because um, it's about the it's not really about the show really it's more about the the shows in general but I kind of just noticed it more in the show um, I generally think and it's a big pet peeve of mine the Marvel movies and the the sort of visual look of them um, I noticed in these trailers for the new TV shows and especially in the little like clips for Miss Marvel that like these TV shows look Hello? much better than the actual movies to me. Yeah, they do. They seem... It's something that... Again, I picked up more on this when looking at the people that are making it. Mm. But it seems to be with this slate of projects. You have a lot more... Firstly, you have an incredibly diverse uh, production crew Yeah, for yeah. all of them, which is great. Um, and you also have a sense of there is like a creative vision from the individual creators as well as the studio going on. Yeah. So I think I think I know what you're talking about. Like in the clip for the Miss Marvel one, in particular, there's one one of the shots it shows is her like falling onto a bed, mm-hmm. and the camera moves, the camera tilts with her. Yeah. Which stood out to me because that's that's like a kind of I don't want to generalise here, but you know, like in more art house films, mm-hmm. that's like a yeah. technique you expect to see in a more auteur style film. Yeah, it's a bit more of like I guess a choice, like a visual choice. That I yeah, don't, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I don't really expect that much from the Marvel movies, which is a bit of a shame. And I do think, I do think a lot of the arguments that come from, uh, I don't know what to call them, but like I guess cinema people, like cinema enthusiasts. Um, which I guess if I'm going to be a real idiot, I'm going to count me as one of those because <laughs> um, <laughs> I do make the same comments. Um, but the thing is for me that Marvel movies are, I want to say to people that like they're not just the Marvel formula and the product and whatever. And I want to say that they are actually visions and creative people coming together. But the one thing that I can, I can never truly like, in my opinion at least, like defend as much is the actual visual storytelling for mm-hmm. the most part. Because if you look across, I think from Phase 2 onwards, for the most part, there are some differences like Ragnarok and uh, Guardians 2, but there is 
there's a weird thing where, for some reason, especially in the color grading, they decided to like just have no sort of depth in the image. So like, a lot, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of just kind of flat kind of objects and spaces. Blue in there, like a blue. Yeah, hue. yeah, I'm not a fan of it. And also, it's also the the, the, the digital cameras that you know they aren't always bad, but I prefer being an idiot, a cinema idiot. I do prefer the actual film, like film reels, like of Star Wars movies, um, and. But yeah, it's they've never for the past couple of probably about since two thousand and thirteen, I think, made any real strong visual choice that made me go, Oh shit, these movies like from movie to movie can do whatever they want visually. Like Harry Potter's a really great example. They are a eight film franchise and they all look totally different. Each movie. Mm-hmm. Um I could my mind in my mind I, I could colour code those movies. And I could tell you, like, I could give you, like, a general colour palette. I could just tell you blue, kind of, like, greys and uh, deep blacks. And, I, and people will go, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, they just know it because of the visual kind of language of the film. And looking at these TV shows, it's a weird thing. I was like, holy shit, like, there's some actual colour choices happening here. <laughs> like, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, like, one of the first shots is, like, it, like, took me aback by, like, holy shit, like, there's depth to the image like there's actual like true black values where the black isn't gray it's actually black um which is usually something a model doesn't do they always go for like the general sort of gray low contrast sheen um so uh, yeah again like you're saying with the the tilting shot of miss marvel going to like like lying on a bed it was kind of like a weird moment where i was like oh a, a choice <laughs> um <laughs> and also like yeah again in the background there was the color black was was the color black and not like a gray color. Um, so there's actual like layering to the image, and there was different depth and different lenses. And I was like, like Jesus Christ, I'm. I think maybe it's because TV shows are number one longer, and there's so much more Marvel properties happening that maybe they kind of they kind of like loosening their grip on having control over all of it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like. Because there's so much go happening now that I can't imagine that Kevin Feige or whoever it is that's doing these visual choices is coming to all of them and saying, "Now remember, do the grey thing." <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just uh, I'm very excited for this and especially this visual change. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I was gonna sort of mention mm-hmm. or highlight is the two Iron Person-based ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, because obviously they have great potential to follow on from the legacy of the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the, I think in the comics, Ironheart has uh, speaks to an AI of Tony Stark, mm. which could be an interesting thing to tackle. I would rather not do that. <laughs> yeah, because obviously the potential is there to hear, say, "Hey, Robert, <laughs> go on, cheek, cheek, cheeky, Robert Downey Jr. Go on, let's let's do a scene." Hey, Robert. Hey, Rob. Robert. Hey, Robert. Go in that green screen room <laughs> and just talk to the camera. Yeah. Um. So there's always a potential for that. Yeah. But also one of the things I I had a thought about, I had to think about, which could be quite interesting, is uh, Armor Wars with Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. It's described as a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? Mm-hmm. Now, to me, 
the obvious thing that could happen here is the return of Justin Hammer. Oh my god, yeah, that's true. Which I think would be something that I'd, I'd definitely want them to go for. I mean, they brought back Tim Roth from Incredible Hulk. So, like, why not Justin Hammer? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 just, I can just imagine them for the She-Hulk thing going, I right, Tim Roth. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come back and be abomination. Yeah, yeah. Do you think even he forgot that he was in the, in these movies? And they'd be like, who? <laughs> like, like you were saying the other week about Carl Weathers and the Mandalorian. Mm. Like saying, oh yeah, there, there's there's supposed to be a Snoke thing in that tube. What? What's a Snoke? Snooker? Yeah, and and I, I could just imagine calling up Tim Roth and being like, yes, you're you're abomination. Mm. And this is this She-Hulk. This this now Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. This is this is the same character you fought in the first Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a different actor. And it's, no, it's not. It's fine. Le- 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 don't worry. <laughs> I'm very sorry if you can hear that phone. Very vaguely in the back. There we go. It stopped. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, I feel like you have the real potential to bring Justin Hammer back. Mm. Yeah. In a, in a way that would suit his character based off Iron Man 2. <laughs> also, yeah. there's the potential of Pepper to be there. Oh, yeah. And maybe with a daughter, Morgan. Yes. Mm. Or without Robert Downey Jr. to coax Gwyneth Paltrow onto the set. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to me that... Imagine, like... like We're talking about it on, like, a pure kind of fan audience level of, like, what are they doing and then speculation. But imagine being one of these actors... Like on like a pure like job level of like I need income I need to have a job and whatever. Imagine making a film in two thousand eight, and it doesn't go that well, and you think, oh well, let's move on, not do the second one, whatever. And then like twenty years later, <laughs> someone phones you and says you're coming back as the same character in a movie that's called in a TV show called She Hulk, which involves the Hulk from your universe, but not the same actor because we recast him. But also, multi-dimensions? I don't know. We could do that if you want. <laughs> um, he just goes, yeah, that's okay, that's a new job. <laughs> that came back. <laughs> like, that's just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. It's on that level, yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. I don't know there were the rumours about them bringing some of the older, older villains back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to say such attention to the history of the, uh, the universe. Oh, and also... In the presentation when they were announcing She-Hulk, I think at one point they said something like, um, uh, "like something like you never know because she's a lawyer or who her partner could be," which implies like maybe Daredevil or maybe you know. Yes, it does. Some... That strongly implies Daredevil. Yeah, there's many yeah, things. We, that we have the big rumors of maybe turning up in Spider-Man Three. Yeah, in that movie. The the, the revolving door of Marvel characters. <laughs> I and living the new meme. Of people just announcing that they're in Spider-Man Three. Yeah, I, I, I saw one that said um, rumor uh, Ben Solo is repri- reprising his role as Kylo Ren in Spider-Man Three. <laughs> yeah, I just love it because it it could happen because Disney owns it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just pop them in. Yeah, open open a wormhole to the battle on Hexagon. Yeah, I'm surprised actually to a certain extent that we haven't gotten a some sort of announcement of a Ben Solo TV show like pre pre t um. Pre-Force Awakens. Yeah, that's very true. That could happen. I think, I think maybe part of it is, A, um, 
they might want to stay away from directly tying into that era. Mm-hmm. And be, in all honesty, I can't imagine Adam Driver wanting to do it. Yeah, it's the only thing for me is him. I don't, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's really funny, actually. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. Yeah, but I just can't imagine him, you know, leaving Star Wars in his mind for good, and then getting a phone call and being like, "TV show?" <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine him saying yes to that quite yet. Mm. It's <clears> like, <throat> to me, that's like the idea of saying we want a Darth Vader TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sat there thinking, but he's the main character. Yeah, we have his backstory. We had three movies of his backstory. <laughs> yeah, like, you want a Ben Solo solo film. Mm-hmm. You've had that. Yeah. That's what the sequels were. Yeah. You can really argue, for the most part, with that trilogy that Ray and Kylo are the protagonist, but just, you know, two people doing the same role. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> Do you want to talk about one of the trailers? Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. Oh, let's go. Should we go WandaVision first? Yeah, okay. Um, so among the notes I have here, we have a 4-3 ratio at the start. Mm-hmm. When when the cracks appear in the imagery, it goes back to the wider angle, or the wider ratio even. Yeah. Which, again, that's a choice. Yeah, a visual, like using, you know, what you're recording it on to do something. <laughs> yeah, um, looks like Wanda's creating a Mind Stone. Yeah, that was a, I don't know what that is to, to me. I couldn't really tell if it was like going to be a flashback or just a random, you know, thing. <laughs> we got a little bit more of the narrative, maybe. Mm-hmm, yeah. It seemed to imply that maybe somebody else has trapped her in this place. Yeah, kind of. Or um, that maybe they've used Wanda to create it. Like Wanda has created this place, but somebody has manipulated her into doing it. So I heard caused the, it. I heard the theory that, and I don't think there's any sort of proof behind it, but I, did, I heard the theory that it was going to be um, Mephisto from the comics. Oh, okay. Sort of, kind of like a devil character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it could be that, because it's, you know... They can do what they want at this point. Yeah, because so I think it's, I think it's highly likely that the villain isn't going to be the people on the outside. Yeah, because they seem like unaware of what's happening in the trailers. Mm. Yeah, because you have, I've forgotten the the names. Obviously, you have Monica Rambeau and you have Cat um, Dennings. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, I forgot his name. Ray or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like Ray. Mm. Um, and they're seemingly on the outside. From footage we've already seen, it looks like Monica Rambo crosses over. Yeah, just enters into it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a figure at one point in like with, with the face covered. Looks like they're in like a hazmat suit mm-hmm. with the face covered, which definitely lines up with maybe the idea of it being Mephisto. Yeah, like some sort of like devil behind the scenes doing something mm-hmm. hidden. And the yeah. sort of footage of them going off to fight, saying they're going to defend their home. Yeah. And again, based on what you said, just said there, it could be the idea that she thinks the people like Kat Dennings' character and all them are on the outside and they're trying to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this person that's created this or forced them into creating it, like a Mephisto, could 
uh, is trying to manipulate them. Yeah. Which, if Wanda is manipulated into fighting them, that's a starting point for Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've set up um, Wanda as someone who's a bit deranged and against humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all I really had from it. I really, really, really do hope that uh, WandaVision does become sort of like a villain character. Mm. I would really like to see her kind of like be unlocked in that sense of like, just let her go crazy with the whole thing. (laughs) Um, And I do think there's going to be, with this show, I can, I don't want to say I can tell what's going to happen, but I can, I can feel the general structure of it being quite, the first few episodes are going to be quite, you know, weird things happening and kind of just questioning all of it. And I think the last half is going to be in some ways kind of them becoming more active characters and like learning things and then deciding to fight for it, which implies to me a bit kind of like they don't want to leave the lie because Vision is dead and all these other things. Mm-hmm. So it implies to me that we could be seeing this slow, this slow kind of um, madness of uh, WandaVision and her kind of doing whatever she wants with reality because, because she can, <laughs> um, which, you know, down the line could be like an end game level event. It really yeah, could, could be. Because you could easily just like, you know, make a parallel universe where Wolverine is, you know, dating Peter Parker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which you know. Peter Parker, though? Oh, God. Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, depends who's playing Wolverine in MCU. <laughs> um, I've yeah. a lot of artwork of Anthony Starr. Oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really thinking that much about X-Men at the moment for some reason. Neither do I. I'm more focused on what we have been given. Yeah, because, I mean, they'll get to it. <laughs> I, look, I'm I'm perfectly happy for them to shelve X-Men for five years. or ten years. Yeah. I mean, the, la- the last one didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, and we've had we've essentially already had two X-Men franchises. I guess. I guess we can call it that. <laughs> Um, do you want to move on to the next trailer? Uh, yeah. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another little wholesome thing. Chris Evans tweeted this trailer. Oh, yeah, okay. It was captioned as a wow, and <laughs> that's just it, nice. It was weird seeing him be at the Disney event thing, but not for Marvel, like he was doing the Buzz Lightyear thing. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So it was like, He's, like, next door maybe doing it. <laughs> Waving through the window, Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Oh, they're Marvel boys. I can't go there anymore. <laughs> I'm old and dead, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Maybe he's going to hiding. Who knows? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, one of the things I've noticed, Falcon doesn't seem to have the shield in any of the action sequences. Yeah. Um, I like how... Bucky is in agreement that Sam should have the shield. Yeah, I like, like that. He... My, my worst nightmare for this series would be them fighting over it. Yeah, and I think it would kind of portray Endgame and how that scene kind of played out because he kind of gives like a reassuring nod in that scene. Mm. Like, like he he thinks that it should be Bucky over it, so it should be Sam over him. Yeah, which you know I completely agree with mm-hmm. because. Bucky's just been brainwashed, so... Bucky's not stable. No, he's not. <laughs> and also, 
I mean, I think Boogie works in movies quite well, but I feel like post um, the first Avenger, like Captain America movie, I feel like post that movie, he was never really a character like unto himself. He was kind of, I mean, I think he does work well in terms of like moving the plot forward and kind of giving a clear direction for Captain America. But he doesn't really make that many choices that are active in those movies. Um, we don't really know that much about him personally. We just know what's happening to him. Um, so I do think the show, again, a big thing for me, I guess, in Marvel, and kind of, I do think the TV shows is a really good, interesting step forward, is that they can do the smaller stories in between that explore the characters that make us care for the big events. Um, mm. Compared to, as much as I do enjoy Doctor Strange and his solo movie and all these other kind of solo origin movies it's kind of sometimes it, sometimes it can feel like you're just explaining this character to me making me like him just enough so that when he pops up again i go oh it's him um compared to you know i guess telling a story because you want to tell the story and this is what the tv shows can do now like miss marvel that entire creative team seems so invested and so kind of just wanting to do this story that yes connects to the marvel cinematic universe but doesn't mm-hmm. really have to be you know connected and explaining this character to you just you know for the sake of explaining her to you um but yeah i always wanted this from marvel i always wanted civil war to have like if this was a bit earlier we could have got like a civil war a post civil war show that was captain america on the run and his whole arc of that um yeah yeah i agree um the designs look good art in bucky's new arm Mm-hmm. Yeah, action looks pretty good as well. Yeah, that that one sequence through the mountains is is weird and mental. <laughs> it is high octane. Yeah. Um, it's writer writer John Wick. So. Oh really? Yeah, I think it is. Oh, that's cool. Derek Colstad is it? Mm. I think I've I think I've made that up. I know. I think you're right. I think I have. Um, I think I've made that up then. It sounds <laughs> familiar. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Derek Colstad. Oh, okay. Uh, six episodes. It's the full thing, I think. Yeah, John Wick writer. Yeah. He's all, all, in all the John Wick films. That's cool. So yeah, um, okay, that's good. That's that's all I really have. Do you have anything else for this trailer? Um, I mean, just just looks really cool. <laughs> it does. It looks um, good. I'm really looking forward to the whole to that dynamic between Bucky and Sam. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like they were always a great pairing in the background, but never quite got the spotlight. And I feel like this is a really great opportunity. And I think the actors are really good friends in real life as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They have a really good, really good dynamic. Yeah. And I just think that, like, you know, I think it's a great thing for Marvel that they can recognize that behind the scenes and therefore say to themselves, "Well, how can we best apply this to actually being uh, these characters?" I guess, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just a big fan of it. You know, all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's good to explore these characters, and I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, big one, Loki. 
this was a good trailer. <laughs> this, was, this was a legendary trailer. Yeah, this got me. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, what have I got written down? Um, music. Mm-hmm. The music in this trailer. Oh, Incredible. Loved it. The way... It was so Loki as well. Yeah, all that was like, so, you know. Like Loki's just... been such a Loki's been such a big character throughout the MCU, mm-hmm. but has never really been had had the luxury of being top billing. Yeah, it feels like thinking about it now. It feels weird that this is the first Loki solo thing. If that makes sense. Mm. Like you feel how big like how big a character he was. It was almost. Weird that he hasn't had something sooner. Yeah. I mean, 4-2 is a great example. He was, even though he's in that movie about 20 minutes, <laughs> he was the big marketing ploy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, and he's probably one of the best things about that film. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, this is great. I love Tom Hilton in this. He just, you can just tell he's having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it just feels it feels authentic Loki. Yeah, it feels like they nailed like 2012 Loki as well. Mm-hmm. Do you... like, like that final shot where he's like that final shot where he's um he says he's with like gang of gang of post apocalyptic Vikings. That's the yeah. best way I can describe them. I don't know where they're from. <laughs> and he looks like he thinks they're mates, and all of a sudden they just turn on him. Mm-hmm. And his face is like that perfect, like I forgot how look, good Loki was. <laughs> yeah, that, that that face acting from Tom Hiddleston and that yeah. that fact that he is so confident in himself, mm. perhaps overly so most of the time. Yeah, and also Owen Wilson. I know I didn't recognise him at first. He just popped up and I was like, oh, <laughs> you're in Melbourne now. If it wasn't for his voice, I wouldn't have known that was Owen Wilson. Yeah, he looked quite different. I think he's. Got blonde hair and it's like a bleach blonde sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um, interesting use of him, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think knowing his career for the most part, he can easily be quite threatening. Um, yes, I think he could. In a kind of like unusual way, I guess. Like even in that, in that, um, in the uh, elevator scene, there's that kind of like moment of like when he's talking to Loki and he kind of says, well, we both know you're lying because you love to talk. And it's kind of comedic, but also kind of like, you you know things. <laughs> yeah. And you could do things with these nostalgias. And then later on, we see a shot of him in some sort of like weird shirts thing. And again, visually looks really good. And mm. I was so taken aback again. But yeah, it's, and he looks really menacing and kind of like he's thinking about dark things. <laughs> um, and I don't want to go back to it too much, but comparing even the endgame scene uh, that they saw at the beginning, compared to even just like a few shots from the actual Loki TV show, is for me at least like night and day. Like, fuck, like they're actually doing some different things visually. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to experimenting, I guess. Yeah, action and... looks good in the trailer as well. Yeah, really looks good. It's um, yeah. I mean, him going out of plane and then <laughs> and the Bifrost. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's madness. Yeah. Um... Oh good. Also, something that I saw, obviously I mentioned, Loki has short hair. Yeah, he does, yeah. That point. And something I saw somebody notice is that in that scene where he's in the plane with the glasses on, mm-hmm. he looks like, do you know that that photo, that conspiracy photo? 
It's mm. taken from like 1950s, and there's a guy in sunglasses and a suit, and it's a conspiracy theory that he's a time traveler. Oh, yeah. I Have do. you ever yeah. seen that picture? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He looks like that. <laughs> Which, I mean, if they make it as that guy's Loki, they make a cannon. <laughs> wow. Mm. But yeah, so I think that's highly unlikely. But if it is, if it is true, cool. Mm. Um, what's the other thing I can say? Oh, and it looks like like they're showing him footage of him of his own vision in a way. Yeah, they do for a bit. Yeah, like because they they use the shot from Avengers, which is his point of view mm. when Hawkeye's got a big arrow in his face. So that yeah. is the euphemism. <laughs> um, which made me wonder. Are they going to like show him what we've seen after Avengers? I think they might, yeah. Like, um, all that bonding with Thor and his death. And... Mm. They might do that, because I think in the trailer they hint towards not only the timeline of what we know, but also a timeline of what we possibly don't know. So like a different timeline where... I mean, in the background we see a city that's been destroyed, and in the background you can see the Avengers Tower, but like... It's been like crumpled and there's <laughs> something's bad happened in this oh, timeline. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. And he looks like he's become some sort of agent. Yeah, I love the idea. People keep on saying it, and I think it's a great idea that he's he's going to become like the Doctor Who of the of the Marvel franchise. That would be amazing. How fucking cool would that be? Like oh a my sadistic God. Doctor Who. Yeah, because you you just come back with every season doing a completely different wacky time adventure thing. Um, and also we saw maybe um, Black Widow. Um, yeah, I, I saw somebody made that comparison. It looked like yeah. Black Widow um, when she had a shorter blonde hair. Yeah. Because in Endgame, she doesn't. She has longer hair with the red roots. Mm. Yeah, I just and I just think that looking at what this show is doing, time travel wise or whatever you want to call it, it might be dimension hopping or whatever. Um, it just looks like they're saying let's just do what we want for a bit <laughs> like mm. that i mean the end shot for me perfectly encapsulates it all with him in a, a three-piece green suit with a, a low-key pres- presidential badge on him. <laughs> and and space viking kind of people who are not who he thinks they are and they're all in the destroyed building and i could not for a life you tell you what one element in that scene is <laughs> like is he just going to run for president at some point in the show? Is that going to be the main plot? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it could That's be. Madness. Um, yeah, I yeah. Think, I just think it's. I think it's by far the best trailer we've ever given. Yeah, and I think that's saying something because the trailers are pretty great. Yeah, definitely. And again, similar thing with one of us, and to a certain extent, Falcon Winter Soldier. I just don't know what to expect mm-hmm. at all. Um, and again, same thing. The world doesn't need to end in the show. It could be anything. It could be small stakes. It could be, you know, just a, a random parallel dimension adventure. Not necessarily parallel dimensions that look like clashing, to, clashing together and we're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he also he mentions Heimdall and Loki. Yeah. Or four. Sorry, Heimdall and Thor. On yeah. So we could see them. We could. Like an alternate, an alternate version of Heimdall. Yeah. I mean. Oh, they could like they could use this to introduce what's his face, um, Peter A. Bill. Yeah, they could do. Yeah, they could do um, anything. <laughs> I know. It's, the potential is unlimited. 
Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite trailer. I think from the yeah the whole thing, it just um, was more than I wanted it to be. <laughs> it was, it was epic, and as well, it's one trailer that we never thought we'd get. Mm. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Um, another one. Uh, we have the What If trailer. Yeah, I mean, again, interesting. It got me. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly mm-hmm. not 100 percent on that animation style. Really? Oh, like I, I think I could like it. I think I'd get used to it. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's very Star Wars Rebels to me. Oh, I, I, I disagree with that actually. Yeah, I, I think it looks yeah. it looks somewhere between the animation style for Rebels and Resistance. Hmm. I get. Yeah, I know what you mean. I guess, but I think for me it was just a bit more kind of a happy medium between like comic book two D uh, paintings that we're used to in Disney, compared like combined with three D sort of like layers. Like it was yeah. kind of like. We're not looking at CGI people that are realistic. We're looking at definitely cartoon characters, but at the same time, you know, they resemble the actual actors, and they're but they're a bit more comic booky. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And I have to I'm... say, I still don't quite understand the whole Black Panther being Star Lord. <laughs> I don't really know. I what thought that, that means. introduction thing where he Yondu is pretty great. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, Yondu being back and saying those lines is just really cool as well. <laughs> Madness, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, Doctor Strange versus Evil Doctor Strange. Mm. That looks incredible. Yeah. That, that, that was what jumped out to me in this trailer. Like, a lot of the stuff we'd seen before, like the Black Panther being um, Star-Lord, mm-hmm. the uh, Captain Britain, mm-hmm. the zombie one, but this sort of caught me off guard. I think, what's what's going on with Doctor Strange here? Yeah, and it it looked very interesting. He's just fighting a demon of himself, I guess. <laughs> and of course, mm. the velvety voice of Jeffrey Wright. Oh, he, when he said at the end, "Dare to ask a what if?" <laughs> Chills. <laughs> Chills. Right. Oh my god. I mean, it's just so good that we're getting all this. Oh yeah. And. It's weird to me because in my mind I'm thinking like, how are we spacing this out in an entire year? Because is it going to get to the point where every month there is something new from both Marvel and Star Wars and we can watch it at home and there's going to be a movie that comes out, uh, three movies from Marvel and I think one movie from Star Wars Mm -hmm. every year at the same time. So it's going to be a constant kind of stream of Marvel and Marvel and Star Wars at the same time as actual movie. Mm-hmm. It looks it. I mean, we've got we've got stuff here that'll cover. We've got something in January, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Got one division in January, and then I think the next thing is Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. March, which will sort of flow into sort of May, maybe, mm-hmm. or the Loki bit. series. This yeah. is supposed to be the summer. Mm-hmm. So this will probably be about the same time as the Loki series, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year we have Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year we have Mando season three and one of the other spin-offs. Yeah, it's... plus the Bad Batch maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. Um, it's 
just weird to me that we're getting kind of like a really erased the entire year <laughs> of TV shows. Just kind of like we end, you start. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the I'm thinking is that if in five years Disney Plus will be the biggest streaming service. Oh, it, it has to be now because it's all coming out on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. With <laughs> yeah, with all the with all these twenty odd shows they've revealed. Mm-hmm. If they haven't overtaken Netflix, then they have done something seriously wrong. Yeah, it's 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 impossible now because I think more than like HBO Max or whatever it is that or um, Hulu or I don't know whatever it is that's coming out, it's not being marketed as something you need to have to watch the new things. Mm-hmm. And as much as much as I want to preserve the cinematic experience and go to the cinema. I do think I do think for the most part Disney has worked out a happy medium. Mm, they have. Of so far at least if they don't if they go back and they're gonna be disappointed, but so far they're not doing the whole movie comes out at the same time it comes out on Disney Plus, which is what HBO is doing, which mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of. Um Yeah, no way, not a fan. Yeah. Um so at the same time it's kinda of Disney saying, Okay, we've got our big movie movies that are meant to be movies. And at the same time, we've got a series that kind of just take a breather and just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like, it. I like the idea that we're going to have more of this regular mm. character-based stuff and then save mm-hmm. the big big events mm-hmm. for the films. Yeah. I mean... Like, like if, if you're talking about Eternals, I feel like you can't do Eternals as a TV show. Yeah. Because that's a big thing it's a big spectacle that you want to have mm-hmm. on the big screen yeah it and whereas something like falcon and winter soldier where you have those characters already there mm-hmm. and you haven't really explored them before it's great and it's also it speaks to the fact that with hbo max they can't match that yeah in, in order for, in order for them to do this disney have two franchises that are well established Mm-hmm. One's ten years old, others, others, others forty. Mm-hmm. You have these universes that they've established, and Warner Brothers can't—they can't just pull their own Winter Soldier, One Division out onto HBO Max because they don't have the characters and they don't have the universe. Yeah, there's like, no kind if, of... if if the Marvel universe had started with these shows, I don't think it would have worked. Mm-hmm. This is the best time for them to have possibly launched this. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things because I just think even on PSBO or Warner Brothers do have DC characters, they don't have the universe done, so like it doesn't feel like one big franchise. And I, for the most part, I have to say I'm quite happy about that. I want them to do have one-off movies that come out and have a Todd Phillips do a Joker or whatever you want, like have Matt Reeves do Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe bring someone into Superman movie. Do whatever you like. Do whatever you want. Do these kind of like off-brand kind of whatever unique takes on these characters. Um, you don't need the universe. But I think if you're planning on having a streaming service competing with Disney now, it sort of implies that you are bringing to the table franchises that are having things released that you have to have the streaming service to watch, which is not the case here because. If you're having these one-off movies that are creatively led and all these sort of things, then there's no reason to watch the HBO Max series that explains 
the midpoint between whatever happened and whatever was going to happen because it's not a big franchise thing. It's all based in continuity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, and as well, with Disney Plus and everything they've announced, in five years, Marvel will have essentially doubled the MCU. Yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they'll produce the amount of properties in the next five years mm. that it took them ten years to produce. The MCU rewatching is going to get really hard. <laughs> you'd have to if like a big event's coming out in November, you'd have to start in February. You would, yeah, because you got the movies, which is like twenty movies, and then you got <laughs> entire TV shows now. Which you know that's, a, that's going to be about six or eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Do we know if um, the TV shows are, TV shows are coming out weekly or all at once? I, I imagine it'd be weekly. Yeah. Okay. But nobody's mentioned it. I don't think. Based off, it would be it would be an odd change in tact for them to drop them all at once. Yeah, and I think it's working having the um the one a week because every week we are all talking about one hour off TV. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I think no matter how frustrating it is to have a program end and you desperately want to know what happens. Yeah, I do like the aspect of you having to wait a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of classic TV. Yeah, I mean... Like, like we... I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, it's sort of... When I, when I first started watching TV, that sort of... I caught the tail end of that, you have to wait a week for the next episode. Yeah. Like, my parents, that's all I've ever known. They've always had to wait a, wait a week mm-hmm. since they've started watching TV in the... A decade long, a decade a while ago. I'm not going to specify which decade, <laughs> but you know that's what that's what they've known. Whereas I maybe had five years before everything went to streaming on demand. Yeah, but it's just something special, I think. Yeah, especially frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it was near the end of um, the Game of Thrones run. Um, there's a lot of tweets going around about like how this might be the last big TV show that we all watch together every week. Yeah. And obviously that's not, maybe not, that's not true anymore. <laughs> um, but at that time it was like, kind of like, oh, this era of TV watching is kind of going to end. Mm. And I have to, admit, like... even, I have to admit, even though I wasn't watching the TV show at the time, and I have, re- I have watched it since, like after it was done, mm. but even though I wasn't watching it, even I was getting kind of like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, mm. I miss. I want the conversation every week to happen about this one episode, not the entire series. Yeah, because I, I, I don't like the idea of having to wait three weeks before you can talk about something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think that's all right for a TV show. I think that's a perfectly acceptable length of time because it's a film. Maybe it's going to be three hours. Yeah. Whereas if you have, like for example, for me, one example is Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Like you have these eight, episode seasons which is eight hours of of the show and i've 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 watched it in a week and i want to talk to my friends about it mm-hmm. but they've they've only seen the first two episodes because they have lives and they haven't seen them <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it's been like a, it's like a weird disconnect isn't it yeah so actually having it drip fed to you it mm-hmm. means definitely by the end of the weekend Mm-hmm. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah, and, and there's also what? no risk of spoilers. Yeah, and also yeah, that's true. And also the fact that whatever wherever we leave off in that show, 
it feels like you actually have to live with the consequence for a bit. <laughs> yeah. It sounds weird, but like for the past uh, before uh, like today or whatever, it's like or next week. Um, you know, I've been living with that like idea that oh yeah, Kuroko's been taken away. And it feels mm-hmm. like, you know, a consequence that's lasted a week. <laughs> yeah. And it's what it helps you it helps you savor what you've been given. Like if it had all dropped at once, you'd all be thinking, Oh, we'll talk about this and then this and then this and then this and then that. Yeah. Whereas, like, what I found with, especially with last week's episode, like I, like I said, I haven't seen this week's yet. But mm. I probably will have done one by the time this comes out. But I've been, like, re watching the Boba fight. Mm-hmm. If everything had dropped at the same time, probably wouldn't have been re watching it. Like, I've been, const- I've been thinking about, because that's the last thing I saw. Yeah. I've constantly been thinking about that, that fight and that music. It's constantly mm. been going around in my head. Yeah. Which you'd lose if it was all dropped at once. Yeah, it kind of just, yeah, just like like kind of dilute that, dilutes it all, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gone down quite the rabbit rabbit hole there. Yeah, went too far the other way. <laughs> um, what have we got left? We've got actually got quite a few left. Um, actually, no, we've got three. Okay. I feel I feel like this one isn't much to talk about. Captain Marvel two. Mhm. I'm excited for the new director. Yeah, so am I. I, I think, think that's the main point that's going to make me excited about this one compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems interesting. Yeah. Um, no doubt this will get crapped on by the incels. Yeah, it definitely will be. <laughs> but open mind. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye. Right. I'm very excited for this now. So am I. I've, I've seen a lot of people saying they, they, don't, they don't care about this, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Not yeah. only am I looking back, looking forward to Hawkeye's hair being normal. <laughs> Return to form. Um, yeah. Um, well, the big question yeah. is, what about that tattoo? Oh, he's got to keep that. It's the best thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really like a dad that's went, had a midlife, midlife crisis, isn't it? It <laughs> is, yeah. Um, um, so the stuff we, we wasn't necessarily un- unveiled at the uh, shareholders meeting, or the investors briefing, whatever it was called, um, that it seems to be implied in the photos we've seen is that they're going down the comic book boot route of Hawkeye being deaf. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, have you not seen this? No, no, no. He, well, he, Jer- Jeremy Renner's wearing a hearing aid. Oh, is he? Oh. In one of the scenes. And there's a scene, I don't know how trusted this is, but um, there's one scene where they're leaning up against a wall, mm. which has also helped confirm that... Um, this is set two years after Endgame. Oh, yeah, because it's like there's a calendar, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, but also there's a sign for a hearing school. Huh, that's interesting. Which seemingly implies that they're going down that comic book style. Um, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm all in for that. I'm all in for every set photo we've been seeing, by the way. Yeah, a costume is great. There's that one shot that I think was a little bit accident as well. Like, it wasn't like a publicity shot where uh, I think it's Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld and they're, like, they're walking down the street, but like, they're holding a ha- an arrow like together. Oh, that's know? nice. And it's a weird, like, kind of like, that's incredibly like, a good photo for like a set photo. <laughs> it is. It's very good. Yeah. Um, um, presumably, was, the again, whole the pro- Sorry. There you go on. It's the same thing as other things with like. And I want, I want more Hawkeye because I want to have him be a character more, you know? Yeah, because he's probably the only one of the 
core Avengers who isn't given that much play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Cool. Excited for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the other one thing we haven't talked about is um, was few actually um, Secret Invasion. Mm, yeah. People assumed this was like a, just a just a normal well not normal but just a Nick Fury show. Mm-hmm. But they're going for Secret Invasion. Yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's in a show means that they're probably not going to do it as big as it was in the comics. Yeah, I can't imagine they're going to do that. Yeah. Well, because also you can't really do the whole thing of, oh my God, they were a scroll all along. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just don't feel they like can do that in in film terms. Like I I never read the comic, so I don't know how it works in the comic, if it is effective or not. Mm. But for me, from the film's perspective, on the TV shows, if you just turned around and told me that character was a scroll, mm. I'd be a bit pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I get it. What do you think about Secret Invasion? Um, I mean, it's the one I kind of... I saw the title, kind of got a bit jazzed, and then I realised that what it was, and I kind of went, oh, okay. And I kind of just moved on in my mind. Same. Um, it's not that I'm disinterested. I mean, Ben Bellison's coming back to be Talos. Is that yeah. character? Oh, um, I like him as Talos. I think he's great. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the highlights of that film, Captain Marvel. Yes, he is. Um, I think yeah, for me, it's again this kind of a for me. This is one of the few kind of wishy-washy ones where I'm kind of we could have done something else. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ant Man. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it? I guess. It'll come out. <laughs> Quantumania. I think it's a good title. Uh, yeah, it's very Ragnarokus, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think having Kang the Conqueror in there indicates that maybe the stakes are going to be a bit higher than we've got to stop a businessman. Mm, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Which is very interesting. Also, it could tie into Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, it could do, yeah. I, 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 I don't think it's a coincidence they've announced Fantastic Four at the same time they've announced King of the Conqueror. Mm, and Peyton Reed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, it's one of those things where I think if I'm going back to the Ant-Man films and especially the second one, my least favourite part of those films was all the, all the techno babble about quantum fields and quantum whatever and micro-quantum and whatever. Like, it just kind of felt like I don't. I get that it's important for the next movie, I guess, in some way. Mm-hmm. But like, is it this important? Like, and also like, you're just saying the word quantum <laughs> a lot, <laughs> um, and it doesn't really mean anything to me. And it just, it's just you know, a different side to the universe that could be easily done visually and not told over and over again. And having the next one be quantum mania is kind of like, oh, okay. We're going down that route still. <laughs> I think I if you are going to go down it, I think if you are going to go down that route with a set of characters, it's probably most likely to be Ant Man. Yeah, I guess. Unless you go Fantastic Four, but I would. I mean, maybe they could introduce the Fantastic Four through the quantum realm. Maybe they collaborate on science projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, you never know. 
if we give him so little and I it could be so wrong <laughs> I, I'm so tired of my speculation being wrong and mm. <laughs> um, that's all brings us to the end I think yeah a lot of things really <laughs> um, what we're up to right now on 45 uh, yeah I think so um, is there anything you want to mention at the uh... end of I guess that we can just mention that we're not happy about the HBO Max thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, not very happy about that. Um, we're also very mixed on Spider-Man 3. Oh, yeah, we are. It's, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> every single news piece is like a mind... It's like they're trying to fuck me up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they're trying to make me go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But open mind. Yeah, open I'm trying mind. to... I'm trying to. Raimi's there. <laughs> Raimi is somewhere. Uh-huh. He's in yeah. the same lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the same building. Uh, yeah. So, mm. do you want to bring us home with that? Yeah. Um, so, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we have been the Marvel Cinema Podcast. Uh, we have an Instagram account, like I said at the beginning, uh, at Marvel Cinema Podcast, where we are doing daily reviews, weekly podcasts. At the moment, we're doing DC in review. So it's going through the entire DC films of since Superman to Birds of Prey, maybe, I think. Um, and we also have a Twitter account, at Cinema Marvelous, doing the same thing over there. Daily reviews, weekly podcasts, DC in review at the moment. Um, and yeah, I have been your co-host, Henry. Um, I have been <laughs> Matthew. He's back. Uh, I'm back, I'm here. Yeah, so thank you for listening, and goodbye. See you later.